Welcome back, me sweet listener. I'm Donna Peters. I'm an advisor to executives and next generation leaders who strive to be both career oriented and life minded. The Me Sweet podcast is a forum for how to lead our lives with more purpose, planning, and power, like C suites lead the companies we most admire. The C suite wakes up every day focused on three key decisions. Number one, are we living our own core values? Number two, is everything running smoothly in our day to day? And number three, how do we as individuals stay fresh and relevant for the future we desire to have? You get the idea. We each need a C-suite mentality for leading our own lives. We each need a me-suite, a source of power for the life-minded. Let's get in there. On today's episode of the Me Suite, we're going to focus on the Chief Strategy Officer role. And to that end, we have today Alan Nall. Alan is this Chief Strategy Officer of Patient Co. and has had a career focused in strategy, growth, and business development. He has an MBA from UT Austin. And again, it's Alan Nall, N, as in strategizes like nobody's business, A-L-L-E. Welcome, Alan Nall. <laughs> Thank you, Donna. I tried to come up with an alliterative, uh, you know, kind of play on words there for your name. I could not do it. I mean, I, I got it. The nobody's business is funny. <laughs> I just, I'm thankful that somebody's business lets me do this. <laughs> well, usually I, if I need to get sassy, I say that it's Donna Peters, P is in pneumonia. Oh, delightful. You like that? Okay, very good. I, I wish you a speedy recovery. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I like to start with core values, Alan. Can you share your core values with the listeners and how they steer decisions that you make in your life? Yeah, you bet. First off, meritocracy. The teams I work with, they're probably tired of hearing me say this, but uh. nobody has a monopoly on good ideas. Okay. The best ideas win. And just because you have a title or if there's formal authority, if you're not collecting ideas and input from the group, mm -hmm. that is that's, that's energy that you're just leaving on the ground. Collect them, cultivate them. So meritocracy, number one. Nice. Uh, number two, integrity. Mm -hmm. You have to be fair with people, for people, and they need to feel it in their bones mm. that, 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 is, that that's a, a core value. That goes from coaching to how you make decisions, sharing rationale with mm -hmm. people and, and doing it in a way that, you know, makes everybody both feel heard, but also helps to allow people to stack hands on what sometimes can be, you know, uncomfortable or big decisions for an organization or a team. Yeah. And so if you go from meritocracy to integrity, uh, the last item, and I, I'd say it, you know, kind of helps underline and support the first two is transparency and candor. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to, uh, you have to really embrace both the tough conversations and the easier conversations. And so, that can be about coaching in the workplace and trying to think about, you know, performance or if something doesn't quite work just the way you wanted, that's a learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. That's a coaching opportunity. And, uh, you know, embracing that with a spirit of I'm trying to help. We're on the same team and doing it with, you know, kind of helpful candor. Uh, you know, those are things that I've really tried to embrace. Wow. Those people are very lucky to be working with you. Uh, uh Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask them that question when I interview them next. How about that? Uh, uh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so let's drill down to chief strategy officer. What is that job? And what can we learn from what you do 
that would help us if we're trying to build a me sweet mindset and thinking like a chief strategy officer? You know, the uh, the chief strategy officer role is a little bit funny. Mm-hmm. Not all organizations have them. Okay. Sometimes it's a, sometimes it can be a transient role. Sometimes people move in and out of mm. those roles and then onto, you know, a line of business or a commercial line of business for larger organizations. Okay. I had a I had coffee with a uh, with a, you know, a new person that I was trying to add to my network. He's the chief strategy officer for, a, you know, a large company in town. And that's literally how we started the conversation. What does your title mean in your organization? Okay. And so I would argue that if you ask this to three different chief strategy officers, you'll probably get two to three different answers. Fair enough. But for us at Patient Co., it's a consumer payments company focused exclusively on healthcare. So we're trying to tackle making the patient payment and out-of-pocket experience more compassionate, Mm. building trust between the patient and the health systems Mm -hmm. that are trying to service the health of those communities. And, uh, you know, tackling things like the affordability, you know, issues in healthcare with, you know, affordable payment options and helping people understand what's increasingly a kind of a complicated or confusing billing experience. Uh, So at Patient Co. for Chief Strategy Officer, if you look at my LinkedIn, it will say something very flowery and aspirational like, charting the course for growth and creating differentiated value for our clients as we become the preeminent partner for healthcare payments. Okay, and the bluebirds are singing and flying about. Oh, it's wonderful. Just, it's like springtime everywhere you go, even when it's cold and rainy. And so, you know, if if that's the flowery language, let me uh, let me try and kind of get it to something that's more tactical, yeah. practical, yeah, for, real, yeah, for the folks that are listening, you know. And so here you go. It, it starts with partnering. Okay. I, I am one of I am one of six in our executive leadership team. Okay. And so we have a functional organization at Patient Co. So think, you know, R and D and engineering you know, to customer client services, to sales. And so each of those leaders brings their own unique perspective, a set of insights from how they're dealing in the market Mm -hmm. or the clients or the technical opportunities for, we're a SaaS-based kind of software company. So Mm -hmm. it's like the tech is really important. Everybody brings very valuable input from their perspective. Mm -hmm. Once again, nobody has a monopoly on good ideas. Mm -hmm. If you're not collecting that, well, then you're not doing a great job. So it starts with partnering and working really closely with the executive team from strategic planning to helping to collect input guidance as you start to, you know, frame out those big decisions. Mm -hmm. So if it starts with partnering, you know, number two I might highlight is how do you frame and then ultimately evaluate making big decisions? Uh, and so you might say, well, hey, Alan, we start with a business case. Let's start with dollars. Or you might say, well, we're marching to something that has a multi-year vision. We're only in year one of a year three vision. What are the items that create optionality and future value and are also coherent with that future vision, mm-hmm. but can be achieved in year one? And so... As you start to think about how do you help the organization, you know, frame and evaluate decisions or prioritization of activities Mm -hmm. because you have limited and finite capacity. You can't do it all. Mm -hmm. In fact, I would argue that really great businesses 
have an exceptional level of focus and they know what they're going to say no to. Aha. Uh-huh. When you're an earlier stage business, it's mm-hmm. very hard to say no to things. Yeah. Because you're trying to build revenues, referenceable clients. You're trying to establish market fit. Mm-hmm. And you may not have a great concept of where are the edges of that product market fit. Mm-hmm. That might lead you to say yes to lots of things. What happens over time after you've said yes to those things, you realize that you're doing a lot of, you are, you've encumbered your business mm. You've created technical legacy debt. You're supporting clients that may no longer be core to your mission. And so having a sense of how you are evaluating and what you say yes to, and also very important what you say no to, that's really important. And so that's how you're helping the organization make and articulate decisions. Yeah, critical role. Oh, well, it's it's super important. And it's really important from a governance perspective. You know, how do you talk to your mm-hmm. board? How do you talk to your investors? How do you support why this and why not that? The last item is how do you help support the organization? And it has to start with your chair around doing that in kind of a, a way that looks industrial strength or has some rigor behind it. Mm-hmm. And rigor doesn't have to just be quantitative analysis. It can also be rigorously uh, qualitative as well. And so you can think about, you know, it could be like uh, Yelp dollar signs or it could be high, medium, and low on strategic fit. But putting those criteria in front of Mm -hmm. people and then having a conversation about it, that's, uh, you know, from my perspective, from my chair, I I think those things are really important. Yeah, I love it. So let's bring it home for me sweet listeners. We're trying to encourage people to lead their own lives like C-suites lead companies. What of those chief strategy officer disciplines do you think have a direct application to someone trying to have a me-sweet mindset? I think you have to start with partnering. And that, that means that you need an approach to say, where am I going to partner and what am I seeking to collect from that partner? Okay. And by partner, do you mean in a personal relationship? Oh, uh, no, a great clarifying question. I'm talking more on the professional side. Okay. And that partnering, it's understanding what that person can bring to your organization, to your project, Mm -hmm. to your initiative, to whatever you've been chartered to lead or support. Mm -hmm. Having a mindset of trying to actually collect more input, collect more allies, there's something magical that happens when you're working with different people. They, they put their fingerprints on the idea, mm-hmm. and it inevitably not only gets better, but those fingerprints actually start to create buy-in while you're socializing and collecting input. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it works for the personal life as well. You know, sometimes I like to have some personal mentors. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I also am a huge believer in executive coaching. Mm-hmm. I found that to be super helpful. And so, you know, the partnering can, you know, can certainly, you know, be more broad than the professional. But I I think if you want to start to have a a me-sweet, C-sweet attitude, Mm -hmm. this idea of, you know, finding people who can can help enrich your point of view, enrich your life, help you, I, I think that can be really powerful. Prior to Patient Co., I had a, I had a, I had a different career. It was a bit more transactional. In, in nature, it was professional services based. And when I, when I rejoined a company, I realized some of, the, some of my practices or some of my behaviors had actually been changed in that professional services environment oh, and may not have been as applicable when you're working with a 
small group of peers day in, day out for multiple years. Okay. And I realized I was having some struggles here and there. And that could be on, you know, the relationship development side. It could be on how I was trying to articulate opportunities. I had what worked from executive communications and professional services Mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily working or translating to, you know, kind of back into that startup environment. And so I would say to the listeners, you got to embrace the hard things. Okay. Uh, You know, if you're struggling, that probably means that there's a muscle that is latent or that you're still building. Don't think of it so much as, oh, I am, I am really, why is this organization not focused on me? Or why am I having a hard time, you know, kind of upwardly managing, you know, kind of my supervisor? Or why is it being, why am I having a difficulty trying to mobilize my team and create a real teaming environment with my direct reports? If, if you're running into some of those professional challenges, they're really development opportunities for you. And if you if you think about it instead of a problem, but rather, oh, this is like a training opportunity for me to build that muscle. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage for folks to think about what is it going to be like on the other side? Once I've successfully tackled that problem, you're going to have a new toolkit, new skills, new capabilities that are going to help you as an executive, as a leader, mm-hmm. and, and probably as a human being. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for the advice. It's very clear which I should have expected from a chief strategy officer. So, Alan, you mentioned earlier executive coaching. Can you give listeners your experience on how do you even decide if you should seek an executive coach? And then once you do, how do you get benefit out of that relationship? I'm really kicking myself for not doing it sooner. Mm -hmm. I've been getting a lot of value out of having an independent third party to share both the successes, but also what I'm, what I'm really working on. And so having someone that you periodically check in with, for me, has created a little bit of a forcing function for accountability mm-hmm. relative to, you know, what I'm working on. And that could be how I'm communicating with a given person mm-hmm. or how I'm starting to articulate for myself what my own professional goals and aspirations are. Yeah, I was having a hard time articulating you know, where I wanted to go next or what, I, you know, kind of create meaning around my professional story, which mm-hmm. is super important for us as humans. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are not automatons who just go to work. And it's like, you know, you know how, do you, how do you bring your whole self to work and how does that help you? And so, the, uh, and so for me, the executive coach has been super valuable on the, a bit of a journey of self-discovery, helping mm-hmm. me uh, understand how others may may view some of my actions and it's been uh it's been tremendously enlightening so i would say to the listener if you want to if you want to accelerate your personal growth if you're trying to work on leadership if you are working in teams and you think to yourself i think this team can you know can be a more cohesive unit and i think i have a part to play in that mm. i think all of those things might be triggers to say, I, I should perhaps explore executive coaching. And for folks who might be a little reticent, all I'd say is give it a try. Mm. You know, for me, it was very quickly apparent after just two or three visits that I was going to get a lot of value out of it. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing it. So, Alan, you're a very insightful person, obviously very successful in your career. And I really appreciate you sharing tips with the listeners today. Thank you for spending time with us in the Me Suite. 
Uh, Donna, anytime. Uh, the Me Suite is beautifully decorated. Thank you for having me over. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. I'm Donna Peters. Subscribe to the podcast. Share ideas for future episode topics. Visit us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and at themesuite.com. That's the-me-suite.com. Suite like executive suite. That's the-me-suite.com. The Me Suite, a source of power for the life-minded.